Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the channel. Today, we're looking at the running backs, 2020 rankings for the fantasy football season. Are you ready for this? This is going to be the first video of a few to get through all the rankings. We're going to go through some of the top 10 running backs today, the first six of them in my rankings, how I'm going to be drafting them, PPR format, because that's the only format that you should be playing these days. But I want to know right now, who would you rather take with your second overall pick? Would you rather take Ezekiel Elliott or Saquon Barkley? Let me know in the comments down below. I will feature one person from the comments doing a giveaway on screen in my next video. Also down below are the free rankings for the rookies if you want to download those in the description below with some other things that you can find down there. I will throw out there that if you're still watching to this point, you're going to get a huge edge over the competitors in your fantasy football league by breaking down into this information early. So I appreciate you for being here. I'm happy that you're a grinder like I am for fantasy football, whether it's just for bragging rights with your friends and family or if you're actually trying to make money in higher stakes, this video will help you. So I greatly appreciate it before we get into this. If you hit that subscribe button and the notification bell and the like, all three of those things, I'm gonna put a big thing up on the screen right now because that helps the YouTube algorithm show this to more people. When they show it to more people, I'm able to produce more of this content because I make money and I can actually do this, right? And sustain it. So thank you so much. If you could take a few seconds of your time to do that, I greatly appreciate you. Thank you so much. In the video, we'll talk about a lot of things that impacted these running backs in these rankings, both their statistics last year, the improvements that their team made in additions in free agency, the NFL draft, and the subtractions, both on their offensive line and just on their overall offense, their backfield competition, and these running backs' durabilities. So in 2019, Christian McCaffrey played 90 98.5% of the snaps. Now, most popular and most fantastic running backs last year, maybe they got 70% of the snaps. 98.5% of the snaps was Christian McCaffrey. He went the first quarter of the season not taking a single snap off. He went for 403 total attempts and targets combined, 25.2, by far the most in the league ahead of Ezekiel Elliott. He had over 1,000 receiving yards. He had over 1,300 rushing yards and 19 total touchdowns on 143 total targets. He was number one. Let me tell you all the categories that this guy led in. Number one in snaps, opportunities, targets, fantasy points per game at 29.3 was well above anybody else in the entire league. Number one in total touchdowns, receptions and receiving yards and goal line carries for running backs. Among all of those things, he was number one in. Now, let me tell you some of the things when you take out the running back designation and put in tight ends, put in receivers. He finished eighth in targets. When you factor in receivers, he was in a wide receiver one last year, second in receptions, only behind Michael Thomas. This guy was an absolute beast. He had 31 more targets, 24 more receptions, and 87 more routes run than the next closest guy. Can you tell who was the second guy in routes run out of the running backs? You might be surprised. Leonard Fournette, actually. A little fun fact for you there. Christian McCaffrey was the elite of all elite RB1s last year, and he was a top 10 wide receiver last year based on PPR formats. Absolutely ridiculous. He had the number 19th ranked run blocking offensive line last year. They added Russell Okun from the Chargers, but in that exact deal and transaction, they did lose Trey Turner, who I think was probably a better offensive of linemen for them to have. The rest of their additions throughout the free agency period was Robbie Anderson and Teddy Bridgewater. So they really stack wide receiver core now with Anderson, Curtis Samuel, and DJ Moore. And it seems to be Teddy Bridgewater based on the money they give him under center. In the NFL draft, they take zero offensive players because man, their defense needed help. They took their first round pick on Derek Brown, a defensive tackle. And then the subtractions are Cam Newton, who as I'm recording this has still not been signed, Trey Turner, like we discussed in that trade, and Greg Olson. The durability of Christian McCaffrey is beyond bonkers. It's almost as if he's regressing towards an injury this year, which we really cross our fingers and hope nobody gets hurt. But he has missed zero games in his career on this massive workload. Again, over 400 total opportunities last year. He also had no real injury scares in his entire career. During his three-year career, he's only popped up on the injury report four times with what is claimed to be low severity sprains. So just nicks and bruises. His backfield competition, well, there really isn't any. So you saw them take no offensive players in the draft and nothing in free agency really, really helped the Panthers. His backfield competition for the most part is Reggie Bonafine and Jordan Scarlett, two rookies from last year. 
year that combined for 20 total carries in their season because ball hog and Christian McCaffrey was in that offense. They also did sign Mike Davis, so we'll see if that factors in if he moves up the depth chart at all. But as of right now, it's two sophomore running backs behind him that once again combined for 20 total carries in 2019. So probably didn't shock you, but those numbers should remind you that Christian McCaffrey is the tier one running back this season, my RB1. If you get lucky enough that he drops to RB2 or 3 in your drafts, go ahead and snag him unless something else pops up before the draft in terms of injury scares. I'm not listening to any coach speak on him having a reduced role this year, even if it is reduced by 10% and he loses 40 opportunities. He still would have led the league in opportunities. Absolutely insane. So to start off tier two of my running backs is Saquon Barkley, my number two overall running back from last season. He did miss three games last year, but during the times when he was on the field, 88.1% of the snaps. Now that doesn't look like a great number compared to McCaffrey's 98.5, but 88.1 was by far numbers two in the entire NFL. And that's elite status, especially in a league that is going towards a ton of running back by committees. He had 217 carries for over a thousand yards and he caught 52 of his 73 targets for 438 yards. Combined with his attempts and targets, his opportunities, those two combinations, he had 20.7 per game. And that's just factoring in the 13 games that he did indeed play. He was top five in snaps at the running back position. He was top five in opportunity share. And then he was top 10 in targets and fantasy points per game at 18.8 per game. You saw just under three red zone attempts per game as well. And that was in an offense that really struggled for part of the season until they turned it over to Daniel Jones. And even then Daniel Jones was struggling and fumbling the ball and forcing shorter fields uh, for them to work with on the uh, defensive side of the ball. The Giants addressed their biggest need in the draft though. So props to Dave Gettleman for once. They had a 22nd ranked run blocking unit last year, but they spent their overall fourth overall pick in the entire draft on the Georgia tackle, Andrew Thomas. And then they also picked up an extra two offensive tackles before the first four rounds of the draft. So you have three offensive linemen that potentially can come in and start or at least add depth to a run blocking unit that was not that good last year. In free agency, you saw them get another tackle in Cam Fleming, and they actually improved their defense with James Bradbury and Blake Martinez. Martinez from the Packers, Bradbury from the Panthers. Their subtractions were Eli Manning, which is retirement. They don't really care there. They have Daniel Jones and Mike Remmers, who was also a tackle, not a major hit for them. Saquon's durability as rookie year was never in question. He didn't pop up on the injury report once, even taking on a huge role as a rookie transitioning to the league worked well for him. But last year, he did suffer from a high ankle sprain, and he missed three games during the 2019 campaign. Another addition that the Giants had was Deion Lewis from Tennessee. He schedules him to be the backup as of right now in the depth chart, but I also have Wayne Gallman back there as well. Wayne Gallman last year saw a total of 4.7 opportunities per game. That is carries and targets, and that does factor in the three games that Saquon missed. So we saw around four opportunities per game. Not that much, not that great. Deion Lewis, while he was with the Titans, the big dog being in front of him and Derrick Henry, uh, he saw about five opportunities, five and a half per game. So Saquon trends as long as he stays healthy to once again see around 20 to 22 opportunities per game in this Giants offense. He is my number two running back heading into the 2020 fantasy football season. Still in tier two now, my number three running back is Ezekiel Elliott. Zeke is an absolute beast. He's a monster in the Dallas Cowboys offense that is hard not to like, especially after their offseason additions, mainly through the NFL draft. But before we get into that, let's look back at the 2019 season. In 2019, Ezekiel Elliott had 84.3% of the snaps, a very strong number. We talk about uh, Saquon having 88% being elite. 84.3% of the snaps is a very elite number. He had over 300 carries, number two in the NFL behind McCaffrey for 1,350 yards and 14 total touchdowns. He did catch 54 of his 72 targets. So he had better passing numbers and receiving numbers than Saquon Barkley, but he also played three more games. So that's going to skew that. So overall last year, he was number two in carries. He was top 10 in targets. Number one in red zone touches, 4.2 per game is an absolute elite number. He's just an absolute dog in the red zone. Number four in rushing yards, number five in touchdowns and fifth in fantasy points per game at 19.5 in PPR formats. Very good to see that. This offensive line was ranked seventh overall in run blocking in 2019. Travis Fredericks, their center 
did retire, but they were extremely savvy and likely got the best center in the entire draft in the fourth round uh, in Tyler Badea's out of Wisconsin. In the rest of the offseason during the free agency period, they re-signed Blake Jarwin, they franchise tagged Dak Prescott, and they re-signed Joe Looney, who was an interior offensive lineman for them. He was a center. The plan was for him to back up Travis Fredericks, but we'll see now that they drafted the rookie. They lost Randall Cobb, Jason Witten, and then Travis Fredericks due to retirement. So not a ton of pieces lost on offense weapons-wise between Cobb and Jason Witten, but the NFL draft is where they really shock people. Outside of that pick for their uh, center in Tyler Badeas, they took C.D. Lamb at 17th overall, who fell to them. Now they're three wide receiver core ranks as Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, and Michael Gallup. It's looking to be absolutely elite with Zeke in the backfield. Zeke has been fantastic when it comes to durability, and maybe this is a, a reason for concern as he continues to add up a tons of touches, another 300 carry season last year for him, but he's missed exactly zero games and hasn't popped up on the injury report since the 2016 preseason. This man is an absolute tank. He is a monster. He is he is breaking all the laws of physics, if you will, or I guess health laws, and we'll see if that actually holds up this year, but no issues with his durability. His backfield competition, there actually is competition. Tony Pollard last year out of Memphis, who was a rookie, saw a good amount of the snaps. He actually played on 19.3% of the snaps. He saw 86 carries, 455 yards, and three touchdowns. 20 targets, he reeled in 15 of them as well. Now, most of the time, Tony Pollard had his games late in the games. Like in a Miami game last year, earlier in the season, Zeke got pulled in the fourth quarter. Tony Pollard was able to actually rack up over 100 yards and a touchdown, most of which came in that fourth quarter. So a lot of these snap percentages are skewed, especially in that first month of the season last year, where the Cowboys were 4-0 and really just putting a beating on a lot of teams. I do think, though, the talent of Tony Pollard and the history with Mike McCarthy, their new head coach, using two running back sets for most of his time in Green Bay, bodes well for Tony Pollard to continue to see around 20% of the snaps. But as long as Zeke is in this backfield, an elite runner who was paid a ton of money last year, the incentive is to give him around 85% of the touches, and you should feel confident in him getting those. So Ezekiel Elliott ranks now as my running back number three, and let's get into number four. The last running back in tier two for me is Dalvin Cook from the Minnesota Vikings, who in 2019 played 14 games, missing two games to, at the end of the season before the playoffs started due to a shoulder injury. He played 68% of the snaps. So now you can see the drop off. Those guys in the first three, McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, they played 85 plus percent of the snaps. And now you have Dalvin Cook coming in and playing 68% of the snaps. That's just the offense that Minnesota ran. But he still did see 250 carries. He saw over 50 receptions, which was actually a pleasant surprise for many people, gathering in over 300 total receptions and attempts last year. And that ended up being 21.6 per game, top five in the entire NFL, being the number one running back for the first four games of the season. Ended up finishing 12th in snaps for running backs, top 10 in carries, top 10 in red zone carries at 3.6 per contest, sixth overall in that department, and number two in fantasy points per game at 20.9 per game in PPR formats, behind only Christian McCaffrey, who finished nine points ahead of him per game, is insane. The numbers that stand out were 10th in receptions for running backs in only 14 games and sixth in receiving yards. Those numbers were great because we finally got the seed Dalvin Cook be game flow independent, which is not something that we are used to. And he was number four in evaded tackles, was able to avoid and break tackles last season. He had the 12th ranked run blocking unit in 2019. And in the NFL draft, they added three offensive linemen. In that NFL draft, those three offensive linemen came in the second round. Azir Cleveland was the second round pick, and then two late round flyers on offensive linemen for depth pieces. Also in the NFL draft, they added a first round wide receiver in Justin Jefferson, since they lost Stefan Diggs in a trade in the offseason to the Buffalo Bills. Jefferson primarily 90 percent of the time in college at LSU, a slot receiver will probably be forced to go to the outside a little bit more since the Vikings only usually for the most part like to run two wide receiver sets with two tight ends on the field and one running back. In terms of additions and free agency, they made none on the offensive side of the ball. It was really just that subtraction and trade, picking up an extra first round pick for Stefan Diggs. 
which in return turned into Justin Jefferson, who is a wide receiver. So in theory, their addition in free agency was Justin Jefferson, but directly through the draft. Now, durability is a major concern. And really, it's the first concern out of any of these running backs we've talked about where I actually have to think about it with Dalvin Cook. And it's the reason that I push him below Ezekiel Elliott personally in this tier two right behind him. Dalvin Cook has missed 19 games in his three-year career. 12 of them was due to his ACL in his rookie season in 2017. Not much you can do there. But then he did miss five in the 2018 season due to a hamstring injury. And then he missed the last two games of last year due to a shoulder. His durability has been a major concern. The way that he takes on tacklers and last year at least starting to avoid them a little bit more, but takes on tacklers and runs with violence does indeed worry me. So that durability does push him behind Zeke for me when it comes to being close calls. That's something that I will factor in when it comes to just the overall sense of the running back. I won't factor it in too heavily, but choosing between two guys like Zeke and Cook, it will factor in for me. The backfield competition, there actually is some. They drafted Alexander Madison relatively early last year, and he was factored into the offense. He saw 22% of the snaps this season. Now that does take into account the two games where Cook didn't play at the end of the year, but even in the middle and beginning of the season, Alexander Madison was seeing 30 to 40% of the snaps in some of these games. He had 100 carries and he actually saw 12 targets. He went for 400. 62 yards and he ended up finding the end zone one time last year so he was a productive player and now also Mike Boone the third string back who has always been fantastic in preseasons if you're somebody who follows preseason fantasy football he actually was productive as well last year he had 49 carries 272 yards and found the end zone three times a lot of that was down the stretch though so Dalvin Cook's role for about 60 to 65 percent of the snaps is definitely going to stay in play as long as he stays healthy he'll never be a guy who takes on 80 plus percent of the workload because of his durability issues that is exactly why the Vikings drafted Alexander Matt so Dalvin Cook will round out my tier two at running back and my fourth overall running back. Tier three starts off with Alvin Kamara, my fifth overall ranked running back in 2019. He played in 14 games. He saw 69.2% of the snaps, which was about the same workload that he saw when Mark Ingram was there. Although last year they brought in Latavius Murray for that Mark Ingram role. There was speculation that Alvin Kamara might see some more snaps, but he really didn't. He kept that 70-30% split with his backup running back. He went for 171 carries, 800 yards and six touchdowns on the ground, and he got 81 of his 97 targets in those 14 games. He finished with a total of 252 attempts plus receptions, which ranked at 18 per game. Now, when it comes to overall carries, he had 12.2 per game. That's not great, but that's what we're used to out of Alvin Kamara. He was fifth in targets, exactly what we're used to as well, and 17th in red zone attempts, 2.6 per game, taking a little bit of a knock because he was injured for two of those games at the beginning to middle of the season. He was fourth in the running backs receiving yards, third in receptions, and eighth in fantasy points per game. And that eighth in fantasy points per game is heavily, heavily skewed because of the two previous numbers, fourth in receiving yards and third in receptions and fifth in targets. That's exactly where he's going to continue to get his due. And since Drew Brees is back, you can continue to expect him to be heavily involved as he gets into the prime of his career at an age of only 25 years old. He had the fifth rank run blocking unit last year, an elite unit in New Orleans, and now they added a first round pick for their offensive line, mainly for Drew Brees protection, similar to what you saw Tampa Bay do with Tom Brady, but also it's going to help the run blocking unit when you have a first round talent now added to that offensive line. In addition to that first round pick in the NFL draft, they took a tight end, Adam Troutman, and they took Tommy Stevens in the final round uh, out of Mississippi State, a quarterback very similar to a a Taysom Hill type of a talent at quarterback position can be a dual threat weapon. We'll see if that comes into play. Now in free agency, they actually added Emmanuel Sanders and they re-signed Andrews, their offensive lineman, to a five-year $57.5 million deal. That offensive line is now down packed tight, should rank around top five again in the league next season. Their subtraction, not on the offensive side of the ball, so you just add Manny Sanders and you beef up your offensive line, that should only help a guy like Alvin Kamara. 
The durability for Kamara has not been much of an issue. He did have a high ankle sprain last year and missed two games, but it's nothing to worry about. Those things happen for running backs, especially when you're as elusive and somebody who is breaking a lot of tackles and thus taking on more contact because of that. The backfield competition, there is some indeed, especially when Kamara went out for those two games last year. Latavius Murray went absolute beast mode and Latavius Murray with the Raiders, with the Vikings, we've seen him have a lot of success. He took on the Mark Ingram role last year in this offense. And then Dwayne Washington is the third string back. Murray in 2019 saw 40% of the team snaps. So he pretty much saw all the snaps when Kamara wasn't on the field. And then those two games, he saw pretty much all of the snaps. He had 146 carries for over 600 yards and six touchdowns, actually saw 43 targets and caught 34 of them, which was a pleasant surprise probably for Saints fans to see that Mark Ingram had some hands, but Latavius Murray sported some really nice hands, especially when Kamara wasn't on the field last year. He averaged about 11.5 opportunities per game. And in games where Alvin Kamara was on the field, he averaged around nine opportunities per game. That is both targets and receptions. So Kamara starts off tier three, and it's really because of his overall offense. He gets this offensive line back that looks really tight. He gets Drew Brees yet again for potentially Brees' final year. And also that pass catching role is only going to get better. His touchdown regression spiked two years ago and it dropped last year. You saw the touchdown start to come back at the end of the year. He finished with six total. If you get an eight to 10 touchdown season out of Calvin Kamara with the same exact stats, you will feel very good taking him with your fifth overall pick in your NFL fantasy football 2020 drafts. My second running back in tier three, my sixth overall running back for fantasy football 2020 drafts is Joe Mixon. This is PPR format. Joe Mixon was able to play 16 games last season. In those 16 games, he played on 62% of the snaps and he took on a huge, a massive workload, 278 attempts for over 1,100 yards, eight total touchdowns, but he also caught 35 passes on 45 targets. He had 313 total receptions and carries on the ground that ranked 17.4 per game. That's a very solid number, especially for a sixth overall pick. He ranked fifth in carries among running backs, seventh in red zone touches with three per game, and 19th in fantasy points per game at 14.1. Eighth in rushing yards, and he was the number one player in evaded tackles. So this is where things start to come in. Uh, He was 19th overall in fantasy points per game. How is that good? Well, he played in the Cincinnati Bengals offense that had no interest in winning last year while they were in full tank mode, sitting Andy Dalton midway through the season. He had an offense that struggled. I mean, you were seeing three and outs at an extremely high and an historical rate out of Cincinnati last year, so you really can't blame Joe Mixon. The fact that he put up this production and did it on his own back, number one in evaded tackles with 103. If he gets half of that evaded tackle rate with a decent offensive line list this year, he'll be cooking. Their offensive line was one of the worst in the league last year, ranked 31, 31st out of 32 teams in run blocking efficiency, mainly due to one they came into the season with a ton of suspension issues, a ton of injury issues, and it only got worse as the year went on. So he potentially had the worst overall combination of quarterback play, offensive line coaching, and a full offense around him with no AJ Green last year and players getting banged up left and right and loads of rookies playing. And he was still able to produce over 1100 yards on the ground and a combination of around 1500 total yards on offense. Now you give him, and here's the additions that they got in the NFL draft, Joe Burrow, the first overall pick of the first round and T Higgins, a wide receiver out of Clemson, the first overall pick of the second round. You give him an offense around him, a healthier offensive line where they didn't add a ton. If anything, they cut John Miller, who was a guard, but they're just going to get healthier, which they weren't at all last season on their offensive line. You add AJ Green back into the fold. All they really lost outside of John Miller, a guard who they cut was Tyler Eifert who really wasn't doing much there, injured often in Cincinnati. Now you have a situation where second year head coach gets his quarterback, his potential franchise quarterback, gets some weapons back in AJ Green, drafts T Higgins and Joe Mixon, who did everything by himself last year, actually has help this year. Joe Mixon has only missed four games in his NFL career. In 2017, he missed two with a concussion. In 2018, he had a knee surgery that was, they said was going to take four to six weeks to recover from. And he got 
got back after two games. So I'm not really concerned with his durability overall. The backfield competition, there is some. Giovanni Bernard is back there and Travion Williams. Giovanni Bernard, they gave a two-year extension for $9.7 million last year. But Giovanni Bernard, in my opinion, is absolute dust. He had 53 carries for only 170 yards. That ranked efficiency-wise outside the top 60 in running backs last year. And he caught 30 of 43 targets for 234 yards. He was just terrible on a per-touch basis, Giovanni Bernard. Their third string running back, who's a former six-round pick, Trevion Williams is actually someone they really like. So I wouldn't be shocked to see Trevion Williams push Giovanni Bernard for the backup job. But based on the workload of over 310 total touches last season out of Joe Mixon, I expect once again, Joe Mixon to be the guy on the field for right around 65 to 70% of the snaps. So those are so far my top six running backs. We'll finish up tier three of the running back rankings and give you six more in the next video. But I appreciate you being here so far. Let me know the first question. Would you rather have Saquon Barkley or Ezekiel Elliott? Drop that right now in the comments if you're still watching and you have not yet already. And also smash the subscribe button. Everything down below right there. It takes two seconds. If you got any value from this video, if you've watched to this point, I strongly urge you hit that subscribe button, hit the like button, and also hit the notification bell. All those things help me reach more people, which allows me to put out these videos much, much more often, which allows you to knock down and beat up on your friends and your family and win their money and just win the bragging rights in your fantasy football leagues for the 2020 NFL fantasy football season. So I appreciate you tuning into this video. Thank you so much. If you want to check out some of the things in the description below, there's some free giveaways. There's my Patreon down there. I'm going to have my rankings out as well. The rookie ranking are currently free right now and they will be updated throughout the season until the season starts for free in that downloadable guide down below. So thank you so much. Hit the subscribe button before you go. I hope you have a great rest of your day and I will see you all in the next one.